This is Bart Peterson, and you are listening to the FCPA Compliance Report on the Compliance Podcast Network. This is Greg Gilchrist, and you are listening to the FCPA Compliance Report on the Compliance Podcast Network. This is Dan DeMarco, and you are listening to the FCPA Compliance Report on the Compliance Podcast Network. Welcome to a special episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. Today I talk with Michael Rasmussen, co-developer of the new OSEG initiative, Policy Management Pro, and the publication of the Policy Management Capability Model. Policy Management Pro brings policy standards and a professional certification policy management to the market for the first time. OSEG is offering this. Uh, it is a fabulous resource for the compliance community. I was so excited about it. I asked Michael if he could come on and do a special podcast on this. So uh, I visit with Michael about its creation, what it brings to the table, and more importantly, the compliance community. I link to it in the show notes. Check it out. Resources are simply fabulous. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'm extraordinarily pleased to have my good friend Michael Rasmussen here to join me to talk about one of the most exciting new initiatives I've seen in some time in the compliance space. Michael, first of all, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me about Policy Management Pro. It's my pleasure. Uh, Michael, I think you've uh, had a, a fairly long career of working with OSEG, but I was wondering if you could tell us what led to this this initiative between yourself and OSEG. Certainly. Well, I've been teaching my policy management by design workshops since, oh, about 2008. So pretty much 13 years now. And I've encountered a lot of organizations that are in complete disarray in how they're managing policies. They're all over the map and that uh, different departments are doing things in different ways. In fact, one large insurance company I was talking to just a year ago when we entered lockdown found out that they had 20 different policy portals in the organization. And, and, and policies look different. We're in different writing styles, different templates. At a point in time where we're moving to a work-from-home environment and we need to streamline things for employees and Accounting policies are changing, like home office expense policies. Home office security policies are changing on the IT security portal. Uh, you know, the HR policies are changing in reflection of the changed work environment with the, with the work from home. You know, it's all a mess. You know, and, and organizations need a more streamlined approach to policies. I'm finding that a lot of organizations don't even know what policies they have. You know, in my workshop oh, just about two years ago, one large North, global North American bank you know, came out of the workshop and found out, well, we need to do a policy discovery process. They found 1,500 policies in North America and then doubled that when they looked at Europe and Asia. Uh, I keynoted at a conference a few years ago, and I asked uh, 200 people in the room, and I said, you know, who in this room, if the regulator, opposing counsel in a lawsuit, the external auditor, or just anybody came up to your desk and said, we want a master list of all the policies in your organization. Can you produce that? Only two people out of 200 raised their hand. Yeah, most organizations don't even know what policies they have, and they have issues with rogue policies. You know, think about that. I'm interacting with a lot of organizations today, where, like in the retail environment, where there's concerns that some branch manager, store manager, retail manager might think they're a little bit smarter than everybody else and, and open up a word processor and write a document and call itself a policy. Uh, maybe they think that they could write a better COVID-19 policy than the organization. Uh, and, and maybe they even think COVID-19 is a hoax, like some do. 
Uh, so in that context, you know, people are, are we have this issue of rogue policies where different levels of the organization, like, the, you know, branch managers, store managers can be writing policies. And that can put a legal duty of care and liability upon the organization if somebody's harmed. And so I'm seeing a significant push in how do we improve policy management in organizations. And so I've been teaching these workshops for the last 12 to 13 years. Uh, and I've worked with OSEG uh, over the last decade specifically on the uh, Policy Management by Design Illustrated series and how to and the whole series of GRC illustrations on policy management. And then we came forward and said, well, there's a lot of people interested in this. Why don't we build a certification around it? So over the last oh, 12 to 15 months, OSEG and I have been working on uh, developing all this video training course on policy management and developing the Policy Management Pro certification. So those that are involved in, uh, in policies can go out and take the training and get certified in policy management. So for those listening at home who can't see us, there are some podcasts where I have to turn my mic off because I'm laughing so hard. And I was certainly, as Michael described, many of the uh, situations he's found around policies. For my sins once, uh, I had to go through all of a major oil field service companies' policies. It was about 1,500. They had no idea what they had. And it was exactly the situation you've described. And that was 15 years ago, maybe a little bit longer. And that's really the state I think many policies are. Companies have no idea what's what's in their inventory. And as you correctly noted, for the lawyers out there, you may have put a, a duty of care or a legal duty on your employees that you are not aware of because Securities and Exchange Commission may consider those policies and internal control. So getting a handle on those is certainly something that you want to do. But Michael, what struck me about the site that you guys have created is frankly, it's one of the most uh, impressive sites for policy management I have ever seen. You have literally two and a half tons of material that's available to every user, every listener, uh, everyone dealing with policies in addition to your certification. Why is it so important to put that information out now? Well, it's important because a lot of organizations are structuring their policy management programs. You have the Department of Justice Evaluation and Compliance programs that you're very familiar with. Um, and in that context, you read that document. There's a whole section just on policies, but policies are referenced throughout the document. Uh, and, and so we're seeing a huge focus on policies and the need for organizations to have resources. So you mentioned the resources that are out there now, but the goal is to provide a lot more, such as sample policies on writing policies, which I've got several in my Rolodex. We just haven't pushed them all to the site yet. You know, style guides. How do we write consistently? I remember in, in one of my interactions uh, with a large Fortune 100 firm reviewing their supply chain code of conduct. And I was mystified at the time. This is several years ago, and they've improved it since then. But the, it was written in English, published in English, but the audience pretty much was an international audience of 20,000 facilities around the world that had English as a second language. It was written in long, complex paragraphs, filled with legalese, and the passive voice. So just how we're writing the policy, we're making it harder for you know a, a, an English reader to read, a native English reader, let alone somebody that has English as a second language because we're writing the passive voice and not the active voice. Now, in addition to this, what really struck me was that the first paragraph says company believes. The second paragraph says company strongly believes. So we have different <laughs> levels of belief in the supply chain code of conduct. You know, we might read right past that as a native English reader, but somebody has English as a second language and say the second paragraph is more important than the first. It was careless writing. And so not only is a policy on writing policies important, 
but also the style guide and how do we write and use the active voice, concise language, when and how do we use bullets? You know, one of the uh, things now that comes up over and over again in policy writing is how to use uh, gender neutral uh, language. We were recording this on March 1, so I can now say we're one year into the pandemic. And I've heard many people over the past year correctly, I think, you know, we are truly out, are at an inflection point on how we do work. And it seems to me this is a uniquely suited time for a company to not only review their policies and procedures, but really up their game. Is that part of the, the calculus you and OSIC had to really help companies start out and learn how to assess and then manage their portfolio policies going forward, in addition, the training and certification components so there'll be ongoing professionalism? Most definitely, because business is dynamic. It's changing minute by minute, second by second. Even before the pandemic, I wrote a paper in Enterprise Risk Magazine called Navigating Chaos, and that today's business has to manage you know, regulatory change on a daily basis, risk change, and business change. And, and we have to keep up with all this change. And now the pandemic and things enter, and the business is all the more dynamic and chaotic. And therefore, policies are changing, as I referenced, and we have to address that. And pol- policies will change coming out of the pandemic. But there's elements that we're going to keep that we've learned in this last year, like some organizations are keeping a strong work-from-home environment. And so we need to think through how do we build a company culture that can engage employees out there wherever they're at, whether they're in the home office environment, in the corporate office environment, and be able to communicate policies and training effectively uh, when they're not, you know, necessarily in the corporate office. And how do we engage them with policies and build that corporate brand, that culture, and everything around that? The policy communication becomes very important in, in that cultural element of integrity uh, when we're dealing with the distributed remote workforce. Michael, why do you see the training and certification component as so critical for the policy management realm? It gives people a structured way to look at policies. Uh, and, and so it's one way to go through the training and then provide, you know, a credential and certification. Yes, I, I've taken this training. I passed the test. Um, and it helps people just within their own careers and, and building correct credentials. You know, um, I have my CCEP, the Certified Compliance and Ethics Professional. I'm a Certified Information System Security Professional. I'm also, uh, you know, the, the GRCP. I helped actually write that certification a year, uh, t- 10 years ago. Uh, with OSEG, the GRC professional. But uh, there's so much focus on policy management. And one of the interesting things about the policy management aspect is it crosses departments. It's corporate compliance and ethics. It's HR. There's IT policies. There's accounting policies, quality policies, environmental policies, health and safety policies. And there's so many departments that need a structured approach. And how do we do this better at a department level, but then start thinking, how do we do it better at an enterprise level? And the whole training and certification program is to give a structured way for organizations to start thinking about that. Michael, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time for this special episode. But where can listeners go if they want to find out more information on any of these fabulous resources? Well, www.policymanagementpros.com. And I will tell the audience I've looked at this site and it is just fabulous. Uh, You really need to check it out and uh, go forward with it. We're going to link to it in the show notes. Michael, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I'm extraordinarily pleased to announce the pre-publication pre-sale of my latest book, The Compliance Handbook, Second Edition, published by LexisNexis. 
It will be published in April. Quite simply, this is the best single volume, single author book on compliance programs. The creation, the design, the implementation, and the enhancements of best practices compliance programs are all laid out in this book. If you're in the compliance field, in the compliance discipline, this is the book for you, far better than any other book on the market, if I may say so myself. I'm going to link to it in the show notes for pre-sale. There's also a discount. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report, and I hope you'll join me again next week for another episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.